Welcome to the Small Business Surgeon Podcast, the show where we dissect the businesses of top producers, examine their growth strategies, and share with you the bare bones of their success. I am your host, Samuel Smith, and I'm glad you're here. Let's operate. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to this week's episode of the Small Business Surgeon Podcast. And guys, this week I've got a super awesome guest. He's so awesome, he should come with his own cape, actually. Um, But anyway, he is the owner of the multi-award winning and magazine featured business, uh, St. Louis Own, The Car Audio Shop. He is the host of the Business Cars and Cigars Podcast, and he's just all around a great dude. Brandon Green, brother, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, man. Dude, I'm so happy you made it on. I'm so happy you made it. How's life in St. Louis, man? It's going good. Uh, getting cold here finally, so yeah, I'm having to deal with that. But other than that, we're uh, we're doing okay, staying it was, busy. It was cold when I was there the other month. <laughs> it was freezing. <laughs> it's um, it's it's weird here. It's been going anywhere from 70 degrees to like 20. So, so um, you've you've got this amazing online presence, and you know including your beard and and obviously we'll get to that here in a little bit but for the listeners that are new uh to you especially um just tell us a little bit brandon about who you are and uh, about the car audio shop up there and tell us what you do sure um well we're uh says right in the name car audio we do uh car stereos alarms security systems custom fabrication lighting um pretty much everything but mechanic work um (laughs) that you can do with the car so um i've always claimed i'm not a mechanic and I've proven that once or twice. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, uh, we got a, two locations. We got our second location. We just opened up uh, last January, so right at one year. And then we opened up our our south location about ten years ago. So we're uh, been in a little bit at this point. Man, you've been you've been doing it a while, huh? <laughs> yeah, um, going on almost twenty five years. Right at twenty five plus or minus. I don't know. I lost track, but yeah, a long time. <laughs> Well, you know, what I want to talk with you about today, Brandon, is like how you got into the car audio business and the birth of the car audio shop and its progression through where you are today. Because obviously with having two locations, I'm assuming that you've been through some wars. Oh, yeah. Yeah, quite a few. <laughs> so how, how does a how does a kid from St. Louis get started putting speakers in cars? Well, um, it... it I actually grew up in a little town in uh, northeast Missouri called Cahoka, a uh, little town of about 2,000 people. Okay. Um, and my uh, stepdad was always in a band. My mom was always doing music at church and things. And I don't know, I was just always in the cars and everything. And so all that kind of came together as I was, you know, 15, 16 years old. And me and some buddies started working on things and figuring things out. And I decided I liked it enough to, to go to school. So uh, I went and did a installer Institute in uh, Holly Hill, Florida, down by oh, Daytona wow. beach. And That's I did a that hike in, from St. Louis. Huh? Yeah. It's uh, 17 hours, I think mm. something like that. Long drive. Right. But um, yeah, I was, I went down there and uh, first time I got MECP certified um, to get started and came back, took a while to, get somebody to hire the new kid you know um i moved to columbia missouri and started out there um installing did you, and did you try wearing khakis like thomas keenan i i did not not in the, <laughs> not in the install bay no they they last about five minutes doing that yeah i can imagine i can imagine so, so the first thing you did was go out and get a job doing it right yeah okay. um it it took i don't know six eight months once i got back from doing the the school uh to finally get somebody to give me a shot at it and um i don't know it's kind of just gone from there i've been at several different shops um i started doing the custom fabrication stuff there in columbia with, uh, a good friend of mine that he lives here in st louis now as well and uh we're still friends to this day and um yeah it's it's just progressed from there just years and years of learning and fucking things up and <laughs> uh figuring out how not to do it and um here we are now uh yeah, now we're teaching some classes and training people and doing some things and trying to get back to the industry a little bit. So so let's talk to the car installers. Let's talk to the laborers. Let's talk to the guys that are working in jobs. And let's revisit that time when you decided to make that jump from installing stuff on other people's projects to actually owning your own shop. What was that process like for you? 
Um, well, I'd moved to St. Louis to um, uh, go to work at a, a new shop. I knew I wanted to be up here in St. Louis. I was down in uh, Joplin, Missouri at the time. Okay. And I, uh, I don't know, I just wanted to be up in this area. My brother lives around here. It's kind of closer to home, but, you know, closer, still not too far away from the Weiss family and everything. So uh, moved up here as either going to start a business or go work for somebody, you know, at, there was a, a really well-known shop up here. So I went to work there. I was made it about 13 months and quite frankly, I couldn't stand it anymore. And, and so I decided it was, uh, well, everybody always told me, if you think you can do it better then, then go do it. Now <laughs> I said, that, fine. How I old were you? Will. How old were you when you said that? Uh, I was 30, yeah, it would have been 33. Okay. Okay. So you, you come through some training and you, you got plenty of experience installing before you went into that. Yeah. What was the, what was the major fundamental shift for you between being an employee and being a business owner? What was the hardest part about that? The hardest part, um, man, I've always been the technician in the bay and, you know, working on the cars and doing all that. And I, mm -hmm. I, I had spent as much time as I could trying to learn, um, you know, what the owners would teach me at the time and from all the different owners and people I've worked with over the years. But the hardest thing was <laughs> I could, I could handle anything that came on in the Bay, but um, realizing all the extra stuff that comes with owning a business and yeah. learning new ways to fuck things up. Uh, sorry. I keep using that word, but yeah, it's fine, you're fine buddy. They don't like it. They listen to another fucking podcast. <laughs> We're good. We're good. <laughs> but yeah, man, I, it was, it was literally trying to figure out, okay, you know, I, I can handle this side of it. Now, what do I got to do to make the rest of it work? And that's, that's, well, it's still an ongoing struggle, especially as we grow, you know, things change. And um, so that's been the, the most difficult thing I think for me is wrapping my head around um, not knowing everything and having to figure it out and learn and um, continue doing that. Yeah, the, uh, the, the, the skill set of actually installing car audio is much different from the skill set of attracting and retaining clients. And then you've got, the, you've got all that QuickBooks stuff that you're like, what is this stuff? Why, why do I have to write this down? You know, there's a whole lot more to it than, um, than just putting radios in cars, man. And, yeah, I've, sorry, I've been on. really lucky. Uh, sorry, but I've been really lucky. Uh, my, my wife's actually been in banking since she was like 16. Oh, so. Nice she she's able to handle all the books the quickbooks and finance and all that stuff luckily because it was if it was left to me uh we'd have been broke a long time ago i think that's the rule for most of us i think the, the like the first hire i made after an assistant was a um not a cfo but a, a bookkeeper and then that obviously that extended to fractional cfo as i got bigger and bigger as my businesses but bookkeeper was like the second person i hired just so I didn't have to, to, to figure out how to cut payroll checks. Um, it, it gets fairly complicated, you know? Oh, yeah. If, if you don't know what you're doing there, definitely hire somebody. You will save yourself a ton of work and headache and issues with uh, little people like the IRS and things like that. <laughs> Everybody's favorite branch of the government right there. Um, so you get to work on some pretty cool projects now, right? We do. We're uh, we're really blessed. Um, we we built up a good reputation here in what we do, um, and so yeah, we we see a lot of you know Lamborghinis and Porsches and some Ferraris, and we got a little bit of everything around here in St. Louis. So it's it's a lot of fun. Get to play with the, a bunch of other people's toys. Do you get to test drive them to make sure the speakers don't rattle? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Check the radar system or something. You know. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I do. So, man, out of all those cool projects that roll through your shop, has there been any standouts? Because I'm, I'm actually, I'm, yeah, I'm stalking your Facebook page right now, and that's a really nice uh, Lamborghini you've got up there on the, uh, on the banner. What's one of the big standout projects that you guys have done? Um, couple of them actually. Uh, we just finished up um, this past fall. Finished up a uh, the Sony Mobile ES. They just came out with their mobile ES product again. We did one of their demo cars, which has been around to a few uh, industry events and shows and stuff. Um, so that one was kind of fun. It wasn't crazy fabrication or anything. I mean, it was, it was more designed to show off the product and stuff, but it was kind of neat and cool to get a, get a car back on an industry show floor and stuff. Um, 
we got a big Freightliner sport chassis here that we did for the Thin Line Foundation. That's got uh, all sorts of lighting on it. Final um, Images did a awesome wrap yeah. on it. Now, what is a Freightliner? What is that? Is that a kind a of sport tr- chassis? A, is that a that sounds like a truck, like a like a, a, a uh, what do you call them? An eighteen wheeler? Uh, it's close. Yeah, it's a it's a big uh, uh, big cabin chassis. You know, uh, semi looking like truck. I don't. I ain't sure exactly what they call them. <laughs> so, but uh, then it's got a pickup bed on it. So it's okay. Okay. Um, but we did a whole motorized um, audio system in the bed that lifts up for like parades and things like that. And um, that's really cool. That gets a lot of attention. So that's that's been one of the biggest ones that's been around. We've done a lot of uh, other bigger builds, but those those definitely stand out at least at this turn time did did you guys see like a, a really major downturn um after covid because of, of of the show circuit i know we 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 go on the show circuit with with custom trucks uh filming did the same thing happen to the custom cars uh for a little bit yeah um we we did um during covid right after it all started we were uh Pretty much the whole industry with the tools and stuff we have we started making face shields and stuff and donating to different hospitals all over the country oh, and wow. stuff um so we were doing some of that here and one of the hospitals i donated to um uh one of the doctors well his friend that he donated some of those to as well um happened to be the um uh president of the need for speed club here in st louis which is all of the high-end cars and mm, stuff so yeah uh we kind of got in with them and um we we noticed doing some shows um with that and some of the other shows we we do throughout the year um they there for a while they were stopping them but by the time this year came around everybody's pretty well sick of it and like we're, ready to we're, go. Do, we're doing it anyway yeah so um i say this year i meant 2021 i'm st- still backwards but. i'd still this we, we all know yeah you're, you're the second episode uh you're, the, you're my second guest this year that that i'm recording I, I don't know what order you all will come out in by the time you get through production but uh yeah it's it's good to be in 22 but i keep still keep saying this year as well mate um, <laughs> yeah now i noticed there that you had said that when covid came you retooled and you started giving and you started helping and you started yes pushing stuff out of your shop at your cost and your expense and helping. And that's what connected you with the need for speed club. Is that correct? Yes. Um, Is- actually, uh, uh, Jeremy Katz, uh, he owns a shop up in, uh, uh, I believe it's Boston. It's in Massachusetts, but he had kind of started this and, um, kind of the whole, a whole group of people kind of got started. And, um, uh, every one of us that could kind of jumped on board all over the country and just kind of, did it and they were shipping stuff back and forth all over the country some of the big um sony for example was jumping in and um paying for all the shipping to get these materials shipped all over the country and everything so yeah the whole industry kind of pulled together and did what we could to help out dude that's so cool because what that led to was even more business eventually right yeah exactly it it came back around and and that's what that's one of the principles that, that I try to, to, to teach now as much is, is what you put out in the universe is what you get back. And you're absolute living proof of that. Oh yeah, absolutely. It, it, we met a, a ton of great guys in that group and um, continue to be a part of them, you know, today. And um, I hope to get a, a couple of them actually on the show and stuff, talk cars and some of that, but yeah, they're uh, it's been really, been really good for, for us and just for the, um, I don't know. I'm kind of getting off topic here, but just to, yeah, just to <laughs> there's no topic. Meet some man. people and get back and some. I mean, they do a lot of charity shows and different things like that, so it allows us to get involved with them and help out a little bit more and and go have some fun too, of course. See, I was trying to teach the audience a teachable moment there, in that you've got a super successful guy in Brandon, and even still, he makes more money and more connections when he stops what he's doing and finds time to give value to the people around him. Like, that's just something that it runs through guys like us, especially guys like you, guys in Apex. If the, if if they can help, they will help, man. And uh, I, that's a teachable moment for me. So, all right, moving on. <laughs> Coffee break. Oh, man. 
I don't know where we'd be without coffee. I think this office runs on caffeine and nicotine. <laughs> <laughs> now, talking of which, you've had some nicotine in the past, haven't you? How's that going for you? Yeah, I finally quit smoking the end of uh, end of November last year. So I'm still doing the vape thing a little bit, kind of keep my sanity. But yeah, just uh, up and decided one day I was uh, I was done. I I took a I actually I was with Zach back. Zach Babcock last night and I told him uh but I took something kind of out of his playbook just putting it in your head you know what I'm not a smoker anymore and oh I know I, yes yeah I just ran with that and I was like you know what one of these days I'm gonna do that and finally I was like you know what today's the day we're just we're just gonna do it I'm not a smoker anymore so I that. love that dude that's a mindset shift isn't it? it's like oh I'm trying to quit or oh you know I'm 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 done smoking but then just that simple mindset shit uh shift sorry there was an F in that word. <laughs> the mindset shift that Zach talks about when he goes from, you know, I, I'm trying to quit to I am not a smoker. Um, it's, it, it, it's, it's almost instantaneous. I wonder if I could do that with working out. <laughs> I tried that. It, it, ain't, it ain't helping. I am an athlete. <laughs> <laughs> Ask a question back here. You're, uh, yeah. you're up in executives now. Yeah, that's something different. So, like... You and I met through Apex, and yes. for those of you still living under a rock, Apex is a business networking and business development program, and um, it's got several levels, and you work through one level, and you move to the next level, and you move to the next level, and yeah, I made it into the in, into the highest level there. My big question to you is, why aren't you in there yet? Um, honestly, I feel like I got a few things I need to work on and get dialed in and nailed down um before i can justify for myself being in uh being in that room i guess would be the way to put it um i i know i'm definitely gonna get there we're gonna keep pushing and get there um uh, but i just i don't know i've always kind of been that way i want to make sure that i can uh, at least bring some value and help some people out when i come and being a local car audio guy that comes a little different I guess for me, you know, <laughs> I'm always thinking, well, you know, what can, what can I really add to this group? But every once in a while I'm, I'm able to help somebody out. So it's, Dude, you, it's you, good. You bring immense value. You don't even realize it. You're just good. You're just good to be around. You bring an immense positive energy. You'd be a great fit in that room. So, um, and what I found was like initially the, obviously the monthly fees to be a part of the network at that level are quite intimidating. Uh, and <laughs> what I found was like, you can't really measure the ROI. It's so significant and it's so instantaneous. Just it's it's an entirely different level of, of conversation, of, of business, of everything. I, I love being around that, that group. And uh, I want to see as many of you guys come with me. Like So I'll be at the entrepreneur meetup next week. Um, I'm not giving up on my entrepreneur group, but I'm, I'm heading to the executives group after we get done uh, recording this. And um, Apex really has um, it really has changed my life. I mean, it's it's the the whole premise behind the podcast and everything. And it, I mean, it's why you have a podcast, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, Thomas has been pushing me for a year, year and a half to get off of it and make it happen. And finally, I uh, found the opportunity to go through a, a podcasting course with Zach and um, get it launched and get it going. And so I just have taken it and ran with it, and we'll we'll see where it goes. So how's that working out for you? I'm really good. I mean, um, you just now launched it recently. I know I, I got the privilege of being interviewed on there, um, but you just now launched it recently, right? Yeah, um, back uh, middle December, I think is middle, right before Christmas is when we launched the first episodes. And uh, yeah, it's going really good. Um, I didn't have one come out this week. Apparently, we had a recording issue and the Zoom thing didn't want to upload correctly. And You can but, be honest. You could just say, I, I forgot to click the button. <laughs> oh no no it's recorded it's really weird i have the recording on my computer and everything but i can't get it to upload on my google drive for some reason where they can use it so we'll uh we're gonna get that fixed uh actually this afternoon get that in but yeah we got several episodes going and um i got another one to record tomorrow night i record one last night with zach um so yeah we're just moving forward with it and trying to have a, have a little fun and have a it's cigar once in a while too it's still a little too new for me to ask you how it's uh, how it started to affect your business, but remind me next time we get on here because I want to know 
um, I've been in it so long now. It's such a critical part of my of my lead funnel and of of my online validation. I forget what it's like starting out, and it's going to be super super cool to watch your journey because you're following a path that everybody else has already blazed for us. And uh, you know, it's it's an easy, uh, it's a much easier path to follow. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing how you do, mate. Thanks. I'm uh, I'm excited to see what it does. I don't know how much it's really going to affect the shops here locally, you know, here in town, but uh, my goal with it is, you know, just get that information out there and help some people. Hopefully, hopefully somebody will take something away from it. That'll benefit them. And, uh, you know, if other things grow from that, then cool. If not, then we'll just, we'll do it and have some fun anyway. I mean, that, that's all you can do really is just have fun and try to be as, uh, as big of a, a, a positive impact on the people around you as uh, as possible you know that that's really all you can do i mean oh that, yeah that to me seems to be the 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 meaning of life is to have fun and create positivity and and, and have impact on on the people around you you know oh yeah absolutely and i mean if my introverted self can actually finally get around and hit the record button then anybody can do it so <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't know if there was like a first like something that, that 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 really gave you the the spark to launch a podcast or was it just like getting hit over the head all these times was there something inside of you that said i want to do this or was it just peer pressure at the end of the day um a little bit of both i kind of <laughs> wanted to try it <laughs> everybody was telling me to get off my ass and get it done um but yeah i, I honestly it was more of the more of the challenge to um make myself do it, be uncomfortable and make myself do it. Even though I, you know, this is not something I'm comfortable doing. And I mean, I'm getting better at talking into a mic, you know, and talking yeah, to people yeah. and stuff like that. But it, I still, every once in a while, it's uh, get lost in my own head and don't pay attention to what's going on, screw it up. So <laughs> I, get I'm that, getting there. Dead but, air gap. Yeah, I yeah exactly. Man, what you forget, like people see small business surgeon, and it's it's you know we've been on the air just just now a year, and um, but before that, I I have podcasted for at least three and a half, if not four years before, so I was used to being on the microphone, and if I go back to the videos from four to five years ago, I look just as awkward and I sound just as awkward as as you did on your first podcast, you know. So it's. Uh, it's a it's a very quick learning curve for you though. I think with being around the guys that you're around, you'll you'll evolve a lot faster than I did. Mine was just trial and error, and then quite a bit more error and quite a bit more error. <laughs> <laughs> I know how that works. Yes. Um. Yeah. I'm I'm very lucky to have well guys like you and you know Zach and Thomas and you know all these guys that have done the podcast and stuff already that have uh been awesome enough to you know come on and and help me get it going and tell me what to get and how to do it and uh all that so yeah i'm I, i'm really lucky i think it'll progress pretty quickly but i'm also not gonna um say it's spectacular yet we're get we're we got a lot of work to do <laughs> well talking of spectacular that brings me to my next subject because part of the 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 whole premise of my show is reaching out and talking to Guys like you that are 10 to 15 years younger, guys like us, guys starting out, guys in the trenches, guys still struggling. And I want to know, Brandon, what your biggest failure in business has been and what lessons you took from that experience. Biggest failure. Um, keeping up with taxes was my <laughs> my biggest one. We, we got that. A lot of that stuff taken care of, but figuring out some of that and what we had to do, that was probably one of the biggest things that, you know, it's, it's all the back end stuff that you don't think of, um, you know, like I said before, being a, uh, being a tech and working on cars is way different than trying to run all this stuff. So, um, just not having probably the experience, um, I really needed on, the management side or the uh you know the owner side um really having to make myself um well humble myself I, sh I guess would be the best way to put it yeah um you know i don't know everything i need to go out and learn how to be a better leader how to uh you know be better at home how to fix a lot of things and that's probably been the biggest struggle just 
doing that, getting out of my own head and um, asking for some help because I'm very, very quiet. I'm, I'm not the type of person to go do that, but being a little bit vulnerable and putting it out there and asking for some help to get some shit done is, uh, it's probably been, been huge. And that's been the biggest benefit as well. Yeah. There's a, there's definitely a, uh, alpha warrior lone wolf mentality among a lot of young entrepreneurs. I, I definitely had it. I didn't want anybody's help. I was going to carry the world on my shoulders. And then once you get a little bit older, you realize that, that it's a lot easier to play football if you've got a team of footballers around you, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what was hiring your first employee like? Was that a nerve-wracking uh, spot for you to be in? How did that go? Um, no, not really. Um, it, it got to the point where I just couldn't handle, you know, everything I needed to do. And so um, first couple employees were kind of in and out. Um, not there, you know, too long, um, which I think was a lot of me needing to figure out what to do and some of that. <laughs> yeah, um, I've, I've made I've made more hiring mistakes than than most people have hired people. So you, you know, <laughs> you're certainly not going to embarrass yourself in front of me, but we've all we've all got that wrong before. But uh, yeah, I, honestly, it just yeah, it got to the point where I just couldn't handle everything, and I knew I needed somebody to help answer phones and talk with people and whatever. And so we kind of started there and that didn't go too well. So then it went to getting another technician and then, you know, another one. And, uh, we got three now, um, between two stores, uh, by the way, if anybody's looking to move to St. Louis and do car stereo, let me know. Uh, <laughs> uh, but we're, yeah, it's, it wasn't a struggle as much hiring them as, more knowing what to do with them once I got them hired. <laughs> and Dude, like the thing, if you stop putting information into new employees, they just sit there like a broken computer. They just kind of freeze. <laughs> yeah. They shut down and you're like, yeah, figure oh. out how to restart it, unplug it and plug it back in or something. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that, that does happen. So like, have you found a big change in, in, in your company culture since you started bringing on staff and implementing core values. Has that changed the, uh, the game there for you? I think so. Um, we just recently, oh, this past uh, late summer, I went through and redid all the core values and everything and um, working on redoing all the uh, SOPs and everything here for the shop right now. And I'm actually uh, working with Thomas on creating a whole um, – organization structure just the whole nine yards mm -hmm. type stuff so um we're getting there uh, i think there's definitely a lot more we need to work on and uh get it really dialed in but yeah it's definitely made a, a huge difference having those in place and letting the guys know that hey if something's going wrong you know start here you know right, right. can can you look at this and these five things and if this solves the problem, then just take care of it. You know, it, it's opened up a lot of time and yeah. energy for, for all of us just to solve the problem themselves. Dude, SOP seems to be the never ending task at, at my office. Um, we've got a lot of them done and then we'll just find some other tasks that we're doing. Like, wait, this should be recorded and, and turn into a procedure too. So they, they seem to go on forever. We've just got document after document now, but you're right in when a problem arises, you just refer to the document, boom, there's your steps, and it's fixed. So it makes running the company so much easier. Um, but before we go too deep on SOPs, Brandon, why don't you share with me a couple of your key core values that you have managed to permeate through your business? Okay, well, our, uh, our core values are be grateful, be helpful, be professional, be improving, and be resourceful. I like those. One more time. Be grateful, be helpful, okay. be professional, be Yep, go ahead. Grateful at the top. That's number one for a reason. I love that. Please I'm sure I know the reason, but please explain the reason why grateful is your number one core value at your business. <laughs> well, here and what we do, I mean, let's face it, nobody has to have a car stereo and stuff. Um so we need to keep in mind that you know, our clients that come in and what we get to do and the cars we get to play with and, you know, work on and, and all the cool tools and stuff we get to have fun with, you know, 
not everybody gets to do that and we should be grateful for what we have and the opportunities we have so i absolutely love that you lead your business with gratitude as the the number one core value i think that's outstanding like well done thank you i find it find an applause track and press that applause button in there (laughs) i don't have sound effects for my podcast uh, I was on Zach's the other week, and he's got all these sound effect buttons, and I got, I got, I got equipment envy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I actually I got the same uh, Rodecaster Pro that he does, but I haven't went and figured out how to plug all my stuff into the buttons yet. I was thinking about that this morning. I was like, I need to have all this shit going. And I don't. So, <laughs> but it's interesting that like once you get to a certain level in business, it's never about the money. Like our premium core value, our number one one is, is, is leave it better than you found it. And that extends to clients. It extends to people. It extends to the parking lot. It extends to the office space, all of it, leave it better than you found it. And yours is, is be grateful. And I just think it's so wonderful that we've both got primary core values that don't revolve around money anymore. Oh yeah. I mean, in our, our, uh, mission purpose and all that it does come up a little bit but that's as long as you do everything else right then the money's you know kind of a it it will come you know it's kind of a (laughs) side benefit you know it's everything else is more important to get that taken care of and then you don't have to worry about the money yeah they say money money is the outcome but it's not the intention it's not our goal it's it's not our intention it's just the, the the nice Nice, tasty byproduct of everything we do. And uh, I, I kind of like to think like that. It, it, it turns you more from a business owner into, into, a, into a servant and, and a giver. And I feel as though, you know, I'm not wealthy by any stretch of the imagination, especially with some of the guys we get around. But I feel as though I've got enough in my life to where I can actively give. And I get so much joy from giving that, like, I can't believe it took me all these years to figure it out, you know? Oh yeah, I'm and I'm with you 100 percent on that. I'm. Don't get me wrong; it's a business. I mean, well, yeah, money's helpful. It helps to you know have the lights on and things like that. But <laughs> but at the end of the day, that's you know um, you gotta you gotta set the priority on on what's most important, and uh, you know money will come and go. You know what mm-hmm. what you do for somebody else is going to be way more important. Yeah, yeah. I find much more success building the relationship side of my business rather than building the transactional side, you know. But uh, moving on, I'm looking at you right now. A lot of people are going to listen to this on iTunes and not see, but behind you, you've got a bookshelf with a load of books on it. Oh, you just... So he's no, he, he just leaned out of his he just leaned out of the way for those not, can't see and he's actually got stacks of books um, stacked both horizontally and vertically. So we're going to talk about actually. I actually have a box down here. There's a box um, on the floor as well. Full, yeah. I think the box was still here when you were here. Yeah, I, I got shelves. I got to get put up back there to get them all <laughs> up. But yeah. So I want to talk about books for a little bit because I actually have uh, several bookshelves in my office and then I've got all my horizontally stacked books on my, there's just piles of books that I haven't managed to get to reading yet. And I know you've probably got the same affliction. Oh yeah. But out of all those books back there, can you talk me through one or two standouts that have really made an impact on your day-to-day business? Um, I think uh, one of the last ones I got through, um, well, of course, Thomas's book, I mean, that and going into core values and all that. Uh, now what's that unfuck book? Your bus- there you go. Unfuck your business. There you go. Um, <laughs> by Thomas Keenan. So selfless plug there for him. But yeah, uh, that one has definitely um, helped me with core values and getting everything set up and had to, you know, just he goes into detail on quite a few different things. So that really helped. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see here. Winning by Tim Grover was really awesome. Um, yes, yes, I have that one. Yes. I, uh, yeah, actually, um, got on the pre-order for that and I read that immediately. I threw everything else to the side when it showed up. <laughs> um, but that one's that one's one I need to go back and actually uh, revisit and reread. That one's amazing. I got a few others back there that I need to get on. And I mean Matt Monero, uh, the you need more money. That's a really good one. Uh, of course um, that uh, 
several of the guys from Apex. Of course, quite a few of Stuman's books um, yeah. back there. Yeah, yeah. So those are those are awesome. I mean, it's kind of everything just coming together, you know, for how it works for you from from ev- all the different ideas and books and things. And I mean, with Apex, let's face it, I think we got two or three book releases a week. It seems like right I'm, now I'm so far behind. But yeah, yeah, I try to buy them all, but I haven't I haven't got to reading them all. Um, there's just there's so many books to read and I, I love it honestly being surrounded by so many productive people and so many published authors um, there's just a lot of content to consume you know yeah it is and so I, yeah I need to uh, I got a few more I need to buy I've been trying to keep up but of course it doesn't always happen <laughs> that's the truth one I just picked up is uh, that million dollar offers book I can't remember the, the the name of the guy that wrote it I just bought that on Amazon this afternoon I've been I've been wanting to read that for quite a while it's it's basically how to write um, sales pitches for uh, for just about anything and uh, it's how to write compelling offers on the internet so I'm uh, looking forward to digging into that one yeah I I was thinking I had that one, but maybe I don't. I didn't see it up there. <laughs> it's probably in your I, box, mate. It's probably laid yeah. on the ground. Like for the, <laughs> probably. I'm, I was at his studio oh, about a month ago, and uh, it's just this big old box laying on the floor that's absolutely full of books. And uh, he was procrastinating about his bookcase then, which is which is really strange because I'm I'm gonna like I'm gonna throw him under the bus now. But what is outside of your studio door, Brandon? And is it a woodworking shop? It is. <laughs> so, so, so not only do you have a bookshelf, you actually have the raw material to make the bookshelf as well if you wanted to, right? Oh yeah, definitely have the uh, the this, the ability, the materials, everything. I actually bought a. I had some shelves actually to go up here, um, but they were too small for the the books and stuff. So I ordered some more. They're still sitting here. Uh, it, so, yeah, just procrastinating, not not getting them up. So you you're wearing a hat that has these letters on it, FYE. Tell us about those. And, and kind of how that applies to your bookshelves. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck your excuses. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. I feel like no, I it's all under good. The bus. Um, there's, there's obviously there's more important things to do to bookshelves because I've got one with books on it. And then I've got a pile of books on the floor. So, yeah, it's uh, <laughs> shit happens. That's why we're friends, man. <laughs> Probably so. Probably so. So um, talking of why we're friends, business cars and cigars, right? I want to talk about this podcast for a minute and what you see um, your future and your next 12 months looking like and evolving into because um, that was one of the most laid back and, and fun podcasts I've done in a minute because we didn't just talk about business. We kind of went everywhere with it. Yeah. How, and that, how do you see it? What's your plans for the podcast this year? Tell us a little about that. My, well, one of my 2022 goals is to get, uh, you know, 52 episodes out. Um, one each week. So I got to, got to stick with that and get that done where it's going to go. I, you know, I don't know. Um, I want to start out with, you know, the, obviously the people I know and kind of, you know, into business and into cars and stuff like that. like having a cigar once in a while, but uh, quite honestly, I don't know shit about them. So I don't either. I just like, I was at the store the other night and the guy's selling me the, the cigars, telling me all about these flavors and stuff. I'm like, look, mate, they just taste smoky to me. Like, <laughs> yeah, I have not um, developed a, a palate for pulling out the leather flavor from cigars. I just, they just taste like smoke, mate. I, I'm the same way. I, I, I actually have uh, my guest tomorrow night. He's actually uh, just started his own cigar company, which, by the way, I'll be bringing you a couple next uh, next week. Oh, dude, that'd be cool. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so we're going to hopefully maybe I can learn a thing or two tomorrow and we'll uh, we'll get this kicked off and start the cigar side of this dude that that would be pretty neat um i am ignorant of the you know amount of varieties in cigars purely because they just kind of all taste smoky and there's some have a rich smoke and some have a light smoke and some have a heavy smoke but it, it all still tastes like smoke to me yeah <laughs> i know i know that's, that, that comes across as fairly uneducated um maybe it's uh, just willful I, i'm right there with you you know um I guess it just depends what they put in them, though, because there's certain there's certain brands of things you smoke that you can tell an immediate difference. But with cigars, I've not really managed to uh, to to dial that in. I guess. Um, fuck, I don't know where to go next, man. <laughs> like, 
we've got like we've we've got a few minutes left to fill, Brandon. And you know, I've got all these canned questions we can ask that I've I've asked over the course of my podcasting career. But I I kind of like the organic uh, organic conversation uh, bit, you know. So I I'd like to just keep it organic. Yeah, that's um, cool. I mean, we can go wherever. Uh, I, I don't know what uh. Well, all right, I got one. Oh, okay. Business cars and cigars. You know, yep. I I told you about my car on your show. What's the favorite car you've owned? What the, there's got to be one car that's just stuck with you. That's 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 been your baby. Tell us about your car. I haven't owned a whole lot of cars. Um, I had a Ford Ranger. My tall, lanky ass had a single cab Ford Ranger with, of course, a stereo and stuff in it that I. The little splash, I think it was a 94 or something. Oh, the yeah, splash? Myself. Dude, yeah, I remember I'm those. I'm dating myself a molt. <laughs> I, re- I remember those. Yeah, yeah, you are. <laughs> I, I, I think I, I bought that when I was 18 and drove it for seven, eight years and then finally got rid of it. But you, that poor truck, I couldn't kill. Um, <laughs> That's probably the, probably the best value for money form of transportation you will ever have. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. I just... I just bought a, 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 well, new to me, used a 19F250. I really like it, but I haven't really done a whole lot of cars. I got a, you know, I got the rat rod and stuff like that. That's fun to get out and drive around and hang out. Um, but that, oh, I've got a Ranger and a pickup truck. Oh, but yeah, there's a rat rod in the back. <laughs> what the hell? How do you not start with the rat rod? Like, those I don't know. It just, it didn't things. click. And yeah, there's, there's pictures of it right here. I mean, you've been in here. Yeah. And I, I don't know. It just didn't click. It's, it's not in front of me, so it, it doesn't click on my mind, I guess. So. How, how much fun is it? Because I've always it, wanted to drive a rat rod. Always. Well, next time you're here, we'll get it out. Dude. Yeah. Now you're going to make me get my Cobra out and make that run. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get, that's fine. Did I get teased on mine because it's like the, the longest standing project car in town. It's been a project car for like 12 years. Every time I get it running, we turn the power up, something else breaks, and I got to go fix it again. So... Uh, <laughs> One of my goals for this year is to pour unlimited amounts of money into my race car, but uh, it's not going to happen yet. <laughs> I still got, <laughs> I still got a lot to do before we get to that, you know. So, yeah, I think the next thing, uh, next thing I want is a motorcycle. So go back and get another bike and go from there. Dude, I, I can't have a bike. I've, I've got no self control on the throttle switch. None, <laughs> none. Um, I've rode bikes several times and I love to go fast. And I thought, you know what, this would be a really poor idea. Uh, for me, it's probably the quickest way to become an organ donor. And uh, <laughs> I just had to, had to avoid bikes. I love to ride them. I love to ride them. I just can't, uh, I can't do them, mate. I, I used to ride and do a little bit of racing, pit bikes and dirt bikes and stuff like that. So no kidding. Learning, you, okay, you've been racing. Someone... You held that back from us. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't really put that out there too much. It's, a long time ago so at this point but yeah it's it's a lot of fun i think i <laughs> i still got the the 70 i got a uh red bear in 70 i built oh no well would have been 10 12 years ago at this point but it's still sitting in the garage needs a new motor and i haven't done that because hadn't been on the top of the priority list so no man i i had well we had kids and then a bigger house and then businesses and then you know race car just sat in the garage it just it, it it slipped further and further and further down the priority list and and you know now i'm i'm dropping thousands of dollars buying my first commercial building here in a couple of weeks and race car still doesn't get any money <laughs> you know it just it keeps going so i gotta ask you man what's your book gonna be about what is my book gonna be about i have no idea nothing like putting you on a spot but you got to publish a book in 2022 right uh i don't know i haven't been <laughs> I, told that yet but i guess i do well if, if thomas is coaching you then there's there's going to be a book about if if you had to write a book if thomas said brandon come write me a book what would what would you make it about pal you know i don't know i've thought about that a couple times i've had um some people ask me to uh possibly uh collaborate on something and uh, you know i don't know um i i'm not really the put everything out there type of person but you know reading like you know some of these guys you know drubies and i don't know just everybody's books about you know all the things they went through and coming up you know and getting to where they are now i mean 
I could do something like that. I, I, I don't know. I guess for me, it's just life and what happens. So it's not interesting, but I'm sure it may be interesting <laughs> or helpful for somebody. I don't yeah, know. If you can help one person, surely it's worth it. I mean, oh yeah, absolutely. That's why we do this show. It's just, man, if we can reach out and just help one person do a little bit better then uh, everything's worth it. Right. Absolutely. So circling back around now to the apex program, which is, uh, you know, it's it's one of my first attempts at receiving coaching and being coached, being, you know, because as an entrepreneur, yeah, you figure you know everything, <laughs> you know, you figure I got <laughs> yep. this. And you're generally, if you're a successful entrepreneur, you're generally one of the smarter ones in your friend group. Um, and so mentoring and joining Apex has allowed me to level up like my friend group and the, the people around me. Can you tell me, in your experience, you know, one or two of the most important mentors that you've had and some of the lessons that you've learned directly from them? Um, well, I met this car audio guy in 2019 that wrote a, wrote a book um, at one of the Knowledge Fest uh, we were both teaching at. And mm-hmm. turns out it, uh, the book was about core values and things like that. So uh, that with uh that with thomas um that has been probably the biggest thing over the past couple years that has really changed my direction and where i want to go with the business Uh, i kind of had an idea and uh, had read some other books and had some things on the wall that we kind of tried to stick to but really being able to dial that in and set that you know in stone and make sure everybody knew it it was up where everybody could see it and things like that has been uh probably been the biggest benefit for us was was there ever a point before you got uh coaching that you kind of resisted the idea of it absolutely um (laughs) i've always been the uh really uh i don't know if cautious is the right word skeptical would be the right word of you know all these coaching groups and people and you know all these gurus online and all this shit and i'm like okay is how much is this really helpful? How, you know, is it really going to do anything or am I just throwing a bunch of money at somebody to help them, right, you know, right. make their bank account bigger. So, uh, Thomas told me to, uh, check out the, uh, 2020 MDM, the one that they canceled and did yeah. just free online. So I sat down for both days and watched that. And that pretty much, that pretty much sold me. Um, uh, that was it. I, I, seen the guys that were there and what they're talking about and um was able to literally take some of that and implement it immediately and so um got on the phone with drew b that weekend and got it done and started there so you've been doing it for what 18 months or so now maybe a little bit longer yep how do you feel that like your future trajectory has changed and what does the next few years hold for the car audio shop now that you've got your uh mentor locked in and you've got some uh, some core values and all that stuff we're uh i think the first thing we got to do is really get um uh like i was talking about earlier getting all this uh stuff more you know more dialed in and more mm-hmm. um more <laughs> more of the processes in place yeah. and yeah. you know all that fun business stuff nobody likes to do um well not many of us i should say <laughs> <laughs> um but from there, you know, of course, I want to grow the business. You know, I want to be able to uh, um, provide more for the guys and, be, you know, being able to pass what I've learned on to them, you know, so that they can, as they grow and move forward, forward whether it's in the business or out of, out of it, you know, they got get something out of this as well and get to learn something. So, um from there, you know, I got some other projects I want to do, obviously starting the podcast. I got some other things. So I'm really kind of working to get myself more away from the day-to-day um, of the business and putting right asses in the right seats to, yeah. to be able to take that care of, get That's that taken care of. So you got, you got to get, make sure you got the right people on the bus and then you got to make sure they're sitting in the right seat. So this, yeah, it does get, uh, does get quite complex moving characters around and making sure they're sat in the right role, man. Um, Yep, and and with that said, um, my last question, dude, is is one I ask all my guests because this is aimed at uh, business owners and entrepreneurs that are, are just that couple of steps behind us, dude. And if you could go back 
and talk to a younger version of Brandon and impart just a little bit of knowledge on him. What's the what's that little bit of knowledge you give to a younger version of yourself? Um, I, I think I, I always go back to just just doing the work, taking action, doing work, which I have a huge problem with. I, I'll overthink things way beyond where I should. So, uh, you know, getting out of your own head and just doing work, taking action, I think is the biggest one. Every, every, I've been asked this question a few times and it, there's a few other things that pop up, but that that's always the key. Just get in there and do the work and um, don't quit. All right, dude. And I like to say, you know, a, a 40 year old millionaire is just a 30 year old broke kid that didn't quit. He just didn't give yeah, up, ex you know? Exactly. So, uh, all right. Where, Brandon, can my listeners connect with you on the internet? On the interwebs, I am, uh, of course, on Facebook, just Brandon Green, uh, the Car Audio Shop, and uh, Business Cars and Cigars. Both have a Facebook page on there as well, um, and Instagram, uh, Twitter, and LinkedIn, which I'm not too active on those two, but it's uh, the Car Audio Shop STL. Perfect. All right. We will drop those links in the show notes. And um, guys, as always, please go show Brandon some love. Go check out his podcast, uh, Business Cars and Cigars, and uh, run on over to the Car Audio Shop Facebook page and look at some of the cool builds that they've got going on over there. You certainly won't regret it. All right, as always, guys, if you have found any value in the show whatsoever, if it made you laugh, if it made you think, maybe if it made you even cry, uh, do me a favor, run over to iTunes, leave a review, and uh, maybe even share the show. Tag somebody you know needs to see this. Brandon, my man, it's absolute pleasure, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing you in a couple of weeks. Uh, thank you for coming on the show. Uh, thanks for having me, man. I had a great time. All right, my friend. All right, guys, that's it. You'll be good. Stay safe and uh, tune in later this week for another episode of Friday Fire. All right, I love you guys. I'm out of here. This has been the Small Business Surgeon Podcast. If you've made it this far, you clearly like it. So go on iTunes and leave us a five-star review. This helps people find the show and spread the good word. Share with friends and follow us at Small Business Surgeon on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you for your follow-up next week. The Small Business Surgeon was recorded at Texas Media Foundry in historic downtown Bryan, Texas. Check them out at txfoundry.com or on social media at TXFoundry. Thanks for tuning in.